When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hello, Vikings fans. Welcome to Purple Daily. We're going to dive into some interesting comments from Harrison Smith on the decline of the Vikings defense. Or is it declining? We'll dive into that in just a second after we thank Federated Mutual Insurance Company. We just want to express our gratitude to uh, business owners, uh, the Mackey and Judd combination and Federated, for everything that you've had to grind through so far in 2020. Business owners and also all of the service workers out there the last four or five months or so. Federated is here standing behind business owners because you are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And when you need Federated, Federated is here to help with trusted resources at federatedinsurance.com where you can find information about your local marketing representative. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Football. Hey, can I hit that quarterback in the face? I want to do it. That's what Harrison Smith wants to do, hit quarterbacks in the face. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff here on Purple Daily. And let's jump into some interesting comments that Harrison Smith made on a recent Zoom call here. I'm actually pulling these quotes from Vikings.com. And uh, and it's Harrison's thoughts on other people's thoughts on the Vikings defense and what they may be looking at in terms of a drop-off in 2020. So Harrison Smith said, quote, I guess I've been kind of out of the loop. I didn't know we were supposed to be bad defensively. So, yeah, I guess that motivates me when people say that we're not going to be very good. Everybody takes things differently. People are going to say things no matter what. So I just try to play well. If you if you want to talk about it, that's cool. If you don't, that's cool. I think if we all just play well, then we'll win games and you can say good or bad and that's it. So um, what do you think? So people have put the defense under a microscope. We have put the defense under a microscope because there's a lot of question marks. And, and players that were previously established, like Linval Joseph and Xavier Rhodes, that are either not here or have injury question marks. So Harrison Smith saying, I mean, I, that's news to me that we're going to be bad. We still have me. I'm still awesome. Still have some other guys like Daniil Hunter. Um, what do you think about the lowered expectations for the Vikings defense? I think they're extremely fair because we don't know. Because um, OTAs and, and summer camps and training camp, for the most part, and exhibition games completely are wiped out. I think you'd be absolutely crazy to go in and say, it's going to be absolutely fine. Zim's so good, it's going to, to be fine. Yeah. And yes, Hunter is good. Kendricks is good. I still think Barr is a pretty good player. Harrison Smith is a marvelous player. Harris is very good. All of that being said, this strikes me as the old, 
I'm going to use this um, to help myself because it's a slight, right? And and my guess is usually things that guys like Smith say, because he doesn't say much, they ordinarily come from one person, the head coach, right? So my guess is that day one of, of uh, camp when they sat down and Zim addressed the team is that he told the team defensively, everyone thinks you're going to stink. How do you feel about that? So I think probably what we have here is Harrison Smith parroting what Zim said, and I get why they would try and use this um, as fuel for the 2020 season. That being said, from the outside, for people like us, I think you're absolutely crazy if you don't see, say, hold on a second here. Okay, let, let me get this straight. All right. Griffin's gone, so new right end. Your nose tackle opted out. Your deep, your your three tech, little football for you there. Your three tech is a question mark. Play the sound. Football. Your cornerbacks, of which there are really going to be three starters, are all gone, right? So I think we're right to question it, but I completely get the internal fuel of saying, well, they're questioning it, so we're going to use that to show you. Yeah, I think I think I I understand like, you know, whiteboard material. You can you can finally play defensively the nobody believed in us card for the first time in probably five or six Zim's years. Tried before when when it, it made a lot less sense than this. Yeah, so you can you can definitely play that card uh more than you would otherwise have been able to. But I just think it's the the lesson to be learned here for the Vikings is just how hard it is to maintain a top-level defense in the NFL. If you're building your team based around a franchise star top five quarterback, you very, very rarely have to run the risk until a quarterback gets to be like 43 years old, which is what Tom Brady is now. And now the questions are more like, all right, can he do this at 43 with a new system? But if you've got a bona fide top five quarterback, a Russell Wilson, a Pat Mahomes, um, even like Tom Brady without weapons in in Tampa Bay or in uh, New England the last couple of years, you never really have to worry about a bottom 10 offense like oh man what if well we lost our tight end what if the wheels come off russell wilson's gonna make another tight end like you just if you have that one guy i'm not saying that all your problems are solved but if you have that one guy your drop-off season is like oh you're kind of an average offense because you just don't have an offensive line or something on defense to be the number one defense you have to have 11 guys all aging together and all healthy together and all in the same scheme and understanding it all. And then if like two or three of those guys get old or hurt Linval Rhodes, um, or if there's some sort of like productivity issue, Anthony Barr, right. All of a sudden now the house of cards kind of falls down and you just, it's not possible to be the number one defense. So um, I think my biggest question is where's the floor for this defense? I I think we would all agree the upside in 2020 is not, they're not going to be the number one defense. They're just, there's better defenses out there. San Francisco has a ton of pieces. Um, I think the ceiling is still like they could flirt with, if Mike Zimmer puts it all together, they could maybe flirt with being a top five defense again. If Daniel Hunter stays healthy and Kendricks and if the two safeties are, you know, two of the best in the NFL again. Top 10 for sure. Yep. But what do you think the floor is? Like, do you think this defense could all of a sudden just be gashed on a weekly basis? Because that's what I don't know. I don't don't know what this defense's uh, downside is. So overall, my gut says no. All right. But let's break this down in football fashion. And let's delve into the how they could be gashed if it were to happen. All right. The corners are new. Now, best case, 
Mike Hughes plays the entire year. Gladney steps in and plays well. And you know what? They're not great, but they're solid. But here's where where literally the potential gashing of this defense could happen. The middle of the defensive line and the run game against. Because Eric Kendricks, part of the reason why he's so damn good is what? Linval Joseph, right? And, and the guys in front of him. As far as I can tell now, at those two spots, those two defensive tackle spots, Phil, they might have nothing. Like, they're going to be developing guys and and hoping. But but if you think back, this defense in the last 20 years at those spots has had some Pro Bowl really damn good players, right? Mm-hmm. So my sense is in the past game, I don't think, and I might be wrong here, I don't think they're going to get torched continually. Um and I, I do think that there's a chance that the young corners just flat out start to improve in season. The issue is the run game against, and I don't know that the defensive tackles are going to be flat out that good to improve, worst case. And if they don't, and and now and now opposing run games cut through the defensive tackles like butter, and now they're to Kendricks instantly, which takes away from his impact that's where I think there could be an astounding and really bothersome drop is is opposing team success in basically going up the old A gap and saying, stop us. And the Vikings saying, we'd like to, but we really Football. can't. Yeah, well, here here's the good news, all right? Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer has been a defensive coordinator or head coach for each of the last 20 seasons in the NFL, ever since 2000. So, so Cowboys defensive coordinator... He spent one year as Bobby Petrino's defensive coordinator in Atlanta. It was glorious. And then took a public crap all over Bobby Petrino's. <laughs> well deserved. So, right. For, uh, for leaving that team. And then Cincinnati and then Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Right. So in those 20 years overseeing either the whole team or just the defense, he has had, I'm going to just go, I'll go yardage and then points. So yardage defense. He's only had one outside of the top 19. So even in the down seasons, now he's had a bunch inside the top 10. In fact, about half the time his defenses are in the top 10 as, as far as yardage defenses. Okay. Uh, but but his second worst ranking yardage-wise was 2,000 Dallas. They were 19th. The only train wreck was Atlanta. So if we t- let's, let's take the Atlanta 2007 season off the board because that was, that was a coach quitting in the middle of the season. It was one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I think Joey Harrington might have been their starting quarterback, too, offensively. So it was the Vikings beat the crap out of Atlanta and was it week one? Week one here, yeah. Of 07? Yes, sir. So if we take that Atlanta train wreck and the one-year Bobby Petrino thing off the table, mm-hmm. a Mike Zimmer defense has never finished worse than 19th in points allowed, uh, in yardage allowed, I should say. Okay. On the points side, again, take that Atlanta season off the table. He's had two or three outside the top 20. Two with Dallas, once in Cincinnati, none since 2010. So in the last 10 years, points allowed. In the last 10 years, the worst season Mike Zimmer's defenses have ever ranked is 11th in points allowed. Okay, Think about that for yeah, a second. Yeah, damn good. Uh, so really again, good. like these are the rankings in the last 10 seasons, kind of out of order, but the last 10 seasons, Mike Zimmer defenses have been first, mm-hmm. fifth, mm-hmm. fifth, fifth, sixth, 8th, ninth, ninth, and 11th in points allowed. Now That's I, pretty crazy. That's great, but I guess my question back to, to that is, has he ever gone into a season with so much uncertainty, some of born by 
by their decisions, but some because of the pandemic. And, and I would stress this. So they basically went into last March with no cap room, right? Like they cleared some with the Cousins contract. Uh, and the one the one thing they did, they did one thing. They went out, went out and signed Pierce. Uh, and that's because that nose tackle position in Mike's defense is so in, important. In fact, I think if you go back to 2014 in March after Mike had gotten the job, I believe the first free agent that they signed for him was Joseph. Yes. So that position's always been just an absolute paramount. It has to be filled by a good player, by a player that can execute what I want. Now that player's gone. So I'm not even trying to insinuate that this is all going to be Mike's fault if it falls apart. But I do think it's it's a Hail Mary pass to plug in guys to spots that are that crucial in the interior of the defensive line weeks before the season is going to start and say, it's going to work for sure. You just don't know. Yeah, no, that is a fair point that the, the circumstances of not having that guy in the middle that you trust – I think Mike Zimmer probably slept a lot better certain nights, knowing that they at least have Michael Pierce coming in, and there was a lot. There's a lot of similarities to, you know, Michael Pierce and how old he is, and how old Linval was in 2014, and the yep. role that they played. And I think he thought for several weeks and months that, all right, we got cornerbacks to worry about, and Anthony Barr and whatever. But all right, I got Daniel Hunter, and I got my, I got my three technique. Yeah, um, and, and I now don't know. It's a question, and I don't know how much you can if if you consider yourself to be a defensive savant i don't know how much you can necessarily bank on developing fat people (laughs) like corners i think you can be like okay it's gonna be really rough for four weeks all right but in week five i can see a corner start to turn for that player um i don't know if you can take people in fat man positions and be like i'm developing you this way in three weeks or a month is there a more just like horrible monotonous job in professional sports well there's probably a couple like a lot like long snapper would be one of them, where you don't really get any credit, but you get blame. Like defensive tackles, Linval Joseph, I guess he he got more credit than some other guys who play interior defensive line because he was so good and he would get you a sack every other we game. Appreciate he, him. Yeah, don't he'd we? have tackles for losses, don't we? Um, like Pat Williams is a better example, where like Pat Williams wasn't going to get you a sack. Pat Williams wasn't going to get you many TFLs, but we appreciated he, him. His whole role was to just be fat and take up two. To, but two he was great players. at it. I loved it. Jerry but he, Ball? But, but he I was, love Jerry Ball. But let me, Fat. But let me frame this up just differently. Okay. So Linval Joseph, Pat Williams, two different players to some extent. But but those two guys were probably the number one reason for the rest of the defense's success. Like it all started with them as sort of the point person up front, taking on a couple of bodies, and then freeing up their teammates to wreak havoc. And linebackers right? can do a lot. Yes. Like Jared Allen isn't getting 15 to 20 sacks if Pat Williams doesn't exist. And Kevin Williams, et cetera, et cetera. And so what I'm saying is if Linval Joseph was the number one reason chain reaction for the rest of the defense's success, sure. by that definition, he's underrated. Yes. And, okay. and underappreciated. Yeah. Okay. So and the absence of Michael Pierce means that like we're probably sitting here saying, Well, that kind of sucks, but he didn't really play here last year and Linval Joseph had fallen off. I didn't know. Right, but that's a huge missing piece to this defense. I'm with you. And I, I don't know that that you could take a guy like Watts in training camp, and he might be fine. I don't know. But I don't think – but he, he clearly was not the choice, and I don't know that you can take him in training camp and develop him to the, be the player that they thought that they could with Pierce or previously with Joseph. And that's where all, all of a sudden now, if Watts is, let's say, okay or below that, right, the running back is at the football term, second level. Wow. 
the, le- the second level, and, and he's at the second level too fast. And now Eric Kendricks, who previously you know thrived because Joseph was taking up fat people in front of him, that's gone. And so I th- I know what Harrison Smith is trying to say, and I think it's probably a fine sentiment to hold. That being said, the skepticism that he's talking about is incredibly justified. Yeah, and it's uh, it's going to be just a lot harder with the pandemic to get guys to gel, like you mentioned off the top of the episode. And the good news for Harrison Smith is the Vikings have Harrison Smith on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And so Harrison Smith, Harrison Smith is someone Hunter that too, every team yeah. in the NFL would love to have. And Actually, quick question before we wrap this episode. How many players on the Vikings' entire roster, because there's a couple that we just mentioned defensively, would every single team in the NFL just like immediately say, "Yep, I would for sure take that guy and replace." Like, I'll just find a spot for him. Daniel Hunter for sure. Harris Kendricks, I Harrison think for Smith, sure. Kendricks. Offensively, Dalvin Cook. They, they might not pay him, but they love but to like have two him. Teams, maybe three. Is Thielen on that list? I, I think Thielen's on that list. I think he's on there. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be the number one guy on every team. Sure, no, but even like. Tampa Bay has a couple good receivers. I'm sorry, Declan, what'd you say? As a backup, some would take him as a backup. A little comic relief from Declan right there. Uh, there's about 15 teams yeah, that would take Kirk Cousins. they take Kirk Cousins. About 15, you said every team. It's true, I did say every you did, team. You every said team. every team. Every team. I'm saying 15 every, teams, yes, would take Kirk But if Cousins. I'm saying every team, then Dalvin Cook would not be on there. Unless you would use him as like a backup right back every to team, Elliott. I think every single team could find a use at the right price. Again, it's all, all price point for Dalvin Cook. But... If you thought if you thought about the outside the box ways to use him and got creative, I think there's so much more there really than what we've probably seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, have we heard at all from him? He has not spoken on a Zoom call. No, he's supposed either, to speak right? on a Zoom call at some point midweek. It's got to be in the next week or so. I mean, I'm sure he's been given talking points. <laughs> he should just read. I'll the talking work points. hard. I'll work as hard as I can. Contract will come to me eventually. <laughs> I mean, or have, what's he or have say? Rick Spielman doing the old whisper off camera? Uh, tell him your agent and I are meeting for lunch tomorrow. Tell him you're happy as can be. Tell him that. Uh, tell, tell him you're a team player. You're yeah, a team player, and rem- your agent deals with the finances. You talk to Mike Zimmer, everything's going to be okay. And re- and <laughs> don't forget the 10 CC song. Big boys don't cry. <laughs> Big boys don't cry. That is a wrap on this episode <laughs> of Purple Daily. We appreciate you hanging out with us. And don't forget to uh, peruse through all of our other daily Vikings videos that we post on YouTube, youtube.com slash score north. And we'll see you next time.